Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. Big Yellow School Bus is pulled into Battle Creek Middle School, home of the Bears. We are with Dr. Will Penner, principal. Welcome, Will. Hey, glad to be here. Thank you for having us, Mr. Cobb. We have assistant principal and athletic director, Mr. Mike Kennard. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Cobb. Thanks for having us. Excellent. And we have Miss Jessie Mensinger. She is the librarian, technic- technology coach, and the lead mentor. Hello. Welcome, Jessie. Thank you. Well, we are here to talk about um, uh, Middle Battle Creek Middle School. It's been a while since you've been on the show, right? It has indeed. Um, I believe in my notes here, it says it's been about a year and a half. So, Dr. Penner. Would you like to give us an update since your last appearance on the Big Yellow School Bus? Sure, I'd be glad to do that. Well, of course, the biggest thing for us, you know, a year and a half ago, we hadn't yet opened. So we hadn't actually had students in the building. When you were on the the radio show before. That's correct. There was was no students. A couple of months you were already the principal. Yes, sir. All right. Were you there, Mike? um, Close to being there if I was not already there. All right. So we, it was kind of an interesting time frame. You know, at that point, by that point, we had we had hired almost all of our staff. Okay. Uh, we just about finished all of the construction, at least on the interior of the building. And so, and, and there were lots of, you know, we, we made most of our major purchases in terms of our equipment and our furniture and our curriculum and that sort of thing. And so all of our, all of our plans were just about to come to fruition. And so it was really exciting because we could, we got to talk about our ideals and what things were going to look like, but we hadn't actually seen it in action. So that's kind of the biggest difference between then and now. Uh, it's kind of funny because we've, we've, been able to see some really great results from the things that we had been planning and hoping for. Um, everything from the construction beginning to finally come to uh, to fruition to to seeing kids in action in the building. It's been great. I've had the great fortune of being out there a couple times on behalf of communications director for American Public Schools, and I believe you guys held a luncheon there one time for uh, American Chamber. Uh, we we did. Yes, yeah. we've had a we've had the there for that. Chamber of Commerce out there. We had the. Um, the school, uh, regional school board uh, association came and had their uh, their big dinner out there. We've had a number of different groups who've come and utilized the facility. It is very cool. I mean, it's fairly new still. How many years total now? So it's just we've just been in 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 business a year and a half so far. Year and a half. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is getting jumping ahead of too much, but something that was very impressive. I've did two tours of the building, <laughs> once with the chamber and then once on another visit. Um, the what they call pods. Right. Am I jumping ahead according to what we were well, going to talk about? To- totally fine. You go, go with whatever Tell you like. Tell our listening audience a little bit about these, this whole learning environment with pods. Because sure. I was very impressed with it. You know, I went to school. We had doors, and they closed them. <laughs> and you were cut off from the hallway, and the windows right. were small. And so you really didn't get much interaction other than right inside your classroom. Yeah, you know, that's the one of the the biggest differences in the construction or design of this particular building uh, is it is designed with collaboration in mind. It's designed with the, the notion that, um, you know, learning doesn't just happen in a vacuum and it doesn't happen when you just close a door and, uh, and happen according to a particular script, but it happens in an organic kind of way that kids, all of us really are wired to, um, for curiosity. We want to learn stuff. And so we also learn from each other better than we tend to learn in isolation. Now, historically, over the past, you know, 100 years or so, we thought that it was just more efficient to line kids up in rows and sit them down and, and have a prescribed kind of curriculum. And like, here's what we're going to deliver uh, from from day one through through day 180. And let's as long as we follow the script and we cover the standards, then then everything should be good to go. Well, the problem is, it's a little bit like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Some of it's going to stick, but some of it's just going to fall to the floor. And frankly, it's a little bit of a mess. Thankfully, so, I didn't fall to the floor. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so yeah, it's just the whole design around the, the, the school is, is really geared for looking for ways to to spark curiosity among kids and to to have everything everything that we do be very um transparent from the the walls in in the in the building are are glass uh internally 
to, that also they can be opened in a kind of an accordion door sort of format where really the space between the the hallway and the classroom becomes um, very fluid. And so, the, you know, this rather than it just being a singular hallway, it's actually collaborative space. So the, the, the classroom sort of um, overflow naturally out into one another and out into this sort of shared space. What I thought was really cool when I was visiting, I seen a classroom had like a breakout and they had people actually working out in the common area and the door, the glass doors were all open. There was no wall there. It was just like, and so it just became one large classroom and the, all the students seemed really engaged Yeah, and they seemed really comfortable. They weren't sitting at some stiff chair they were more relaxed, and it seemed like a really cool environment. It's a whole lot more fun. It's a whole lot more fun place to learn than any place that, that we've ever been, for sure. So is this something that's catching on across the nation, do you think? You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, there are a lot of folks for whom this feels like they um, the, the way to go. Um, we're seeing test scores are better in environments like this. Discipline is down in environments like this. Um, but it is there are some challenges to it. One of them is... Um, when it comes to designing and, and carrying out this kind of um, new construction, it's not as cookie cutter, right? So it's not as institutional. It, it's, it, it can't go up as quickly as if you utilize the same pattern again and again. Um, but I would say, at least based on what, what we've seen, the, um, the cost is not significantly larger. In fact, there are... are some estimates that would say that it's just as cheap to build a building like this as it is an, another, you know, a more sort of institutional kind right. of look. But the difference is in the vibe that you get and, and in the, in the way people interact with one another, kids will say things in the hallways like it doesn't feel like a prison. Well, it's interesting because <laughs> a lot of the construction right. companies that, that build schools also build, prison. build prisons because right. they're, they're, you know, kind of symmetrical and, and they have a very sort of specific kind of flavor. Part to of the uh, visit I had, uh, that was actually explained that way to me about the pod system and how all that worked. Yeah. Um, it's a really amazing uh, setup. Um, I thought it was very forward thinking and I thought, wow, this would be good at more and more schools, but it's something you really have to do when you build it. Yes. Yes. It's, it's not so hard to, you can't retrofit right, one like this. It'd be hard to retrofit <laughs> an older uh, building to that kind of uh, setup. Yeah, I would agree with that. So now you said you've been up for about a year and a half and there's a lot of things once the school was built that were taking place on the outside, correct? That's right. And um, Mr. Kennard, could you tell me a little bit about some of the outside construction, maybe about the roads and I believe your sports stadiums and things like that? Yes, sir. About this time uh, last year, we were I was walking to the end of the hallway and looking out the window to watch the construction on the fields because I was so excited about that. I bet. And we were able to start using our fields at the beginning of this school year. Our soccer slash football field was completed, and we were able to play our first games, first real home games uh, this year. And uh, it's just really exciting to have people uh, parking everywhere they could possibly find a place to park to be able to attend our games. And uh, our baseball and softball fields will both be completed uh, and are completed and ready for this upcoming season. We've had a lot of help from uh, Mr. Perryman, uh, Mr. Hall, a good friend of mine, Bill Marbit from Southern Athletic Fields, and, okay. and Mark Pickle from Columbia Central High School. They've been uh, just really helpful not only with physical labor, but also with a lot of advice and help on uh, helping us get those fields into the condition so that I really feel that we have middle school athletic fields, including our gym and our auxiliary gym, that can compete with any fields uh, in the area. I mean, right. we're just really excited. It is a beautiful sight to stand up on top of that press box with all the fields lit up at night and see what opportunities our kids have because of the foresight of a lot of people and a lot of hard work from a lot of different people contributing to, to our building and our facilities. It is beautiful. I was out there not too long ago when they were close to finishing the football fields and went, wow, that's yeah. going to be nice. And, mm -hmm. and I haven't been out there since it's been open and I need to make a trip out there and talk to some people and maybe get some photos of the, of the new setup. Um, I can tell you're the athletic director because you got really passionate about that football field stuff. <laughs> well, I'm is, a little passionate about the athletics. But also now when I look out that window, it's very exciting to look down there and see uh, action 
happening on the bridge that's going to connect our two schools. Uh Aha, that's a big one right there. That is a big one. There is, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, that we have Battle Creek Middle School Bears, and then we have Battle Creek Elementary Cubs, and they're very close to each other. But there was... (laughs) But you can't get there from here. (laughs) There was a... Heart that did not connect because there was a river or a creek. That's right. Creek, Rutherford Creek. Rutherford Creek. And they did not put a bridge over the creek to to basically connect the two schools. And so the elementary school's entrance is through a subdivision. Right. So tell us a little bit about that, because I bet those people that live in that subdivision (laughs) by the elementary school are really excited about the opportunity to open up that road. Yeah, they have to be very excited and also very appreciative to the members of this county who came together with our school system to help that bridge uh, happen. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like, uh, yeah, let's do it. Right. There was a lot of work work behind the scenes and a lot of uh, groundwork leading up to that, uh, leading up to what we're seeing now, which is cranes that are moving. Uh, people walking around out there, work being done, and just really excited about the completion of that for our families. I mean, it make it so much easier for them to get their children to and from school for the members of that neighborhood because yeah. they will have no the more buses, buses only have to go through there one way. I mean, they yeah. don't have to make a turnaround trip every time. And I work the bus ramps every day. And it's a regular question from our bus drivers also, when are they going to finish our bridge? (laughs) (laughs) So we're very excited to see movement happening on that and really appreciate the cooperation between the city and the county to get that stuff done. I can't wait to publish the story that the bridge is done. Oh, we (laughs) can't wait either. And show some pictures of the construction mode before and after and all that kind of fun stuff because it's it's a big undertaking, but it's, it's desperately needed. And um, timeline, is it going to be 2021, 2022 by the time it's complete? Do you have any idea or well, guess? I, I'm going to have to give you the politician answer there and say uh, <laughs> we're very excited about it being done, but we're not certain when that's going to happen. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I, I do look down there regularly, and I see regular activity going right. on. So it should not be too I much I would say longer. if you're seeing that much activity, hopefully we'll be ready by next school year. That That is our hope. That That'd is our the, hope. Yeah, that would be very really good you know, if it could be. I know it's a days not like, an easy task. Days yeah. like today when it there's snow out there and everything's really wet, slows things down. So we all know how construction is. So we're very excited for it when it happens, just like we were chomping at the bit to get this building open, too. And right. when it finally opened, we were also excited. Mm-hmm. And now we don't look back and think, wow, we had to wait so long. Because, you know, once it's over, it's done, and we're all very pleased with the results. I think it's very cool. I, I can't wait for that to open so we can really do a big to-do about it mm-hmm. because it's going to be so much pressure off that community that's dealing with the mm-hmm. buses in and out of their um, thing. Because I've been to the elementary school numerous times also, and first time I went, I ended up at the middle school. Mm-hmm. And I, you and the, everyone else. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the, the Google Maps said, you're here. And I'm like, no, this is the middle school. I've been here. So I finally was able to figure out I had to go back out to um, – Kedron Road and, and then turn into the subdivision there and finally found my way. Um, I'm really excited that you guys are going to get them that done. Um, Miss Kennard, or Miss, you're Miss Kennard. Yeah. Miss Mensinger. Yes, sir. As the newest Murray County school, the two Battle Creek campuses are outfitted with the most recent technology. As the technology coach for the campus, what do you see happening with technology? that impacts students' learning in a positive way. I, I kind of shifted gears there, I want, but it, this is in relative to the, being a new school also. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our technology was integrated into the construction. The plan was already set forth for the, screen, for the screens to be in each classroom. Each classroom has multiple LCD screens. And also the, um, the pod area that you were talking about earlier also has an LCD screen. And... So we were able to um, we're able to use those screens to actively engage with the kids in different ways. Um, it was really interesting. We walked in a classroom a couple of weeks ago, and the teacher was like, "I'm not really sure." Um, and then she said, "Hey, can you put your computer screen? Can you put yours on the big screen?" And so he quickly was able to connect. The student was able to connect his computer to the big screen in the classroom to show the rest of the class exactly what they were talking about. As an adult, that would take me a week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the, and the student just did it instantly. And so it was, it was a really cool experience to watch, um, watch that happen. The, the teacher wasn't really sure how to do the technology and the kid just did it instantly. And, and then everybody moved on. And, um, and so it was a really, it was really opening to have the technology available. And so even though 
sometimes we as adults learn it slower. The kids know how to work it, and they're able to, to show us even if we don't know. Um, but when we when Dr. Penner did the hiring of our of our faculty, he hired teachers that were predisposed to use the technology for instructional purposes. And we've also done a lot of PD about how PD being professional de- development, professional development for teachers to to use technology in a way that makes sense and that you know is seamlessly integrated within the curriculum to to better the students' knowledge, not just technology for the purpose of using technology. Yeah, I like technology. Twenty years ago, I thought I was cutting edge, <laughs> but I'm still kind of. 20 years ago, technology minded. And so the new technology, I'm catching up. I'm learning how to adapt, you know. But like you said, as older um, folks, we tend to be a little slower at that adaptation to the newer technology. Um, I've got Alexas at my house, you know, and I've got automatic lights and everything. And I live in a house that's built in the 40s. But I upgraded a lot of the stuff to make it techie. Mm-hmm. My wife hates it. I love it. <laughs> well, and Don't listen, wife. <laughs> when you're around the technology, like it's so, there's so much of it and it's everywhere that, you know, the teachers are almost forced to use it and they want to learn how to use it so, because they know that it, it, it'll help their instruction in the long run. And so it's, it's pretty cool to watch. I have to agree. And in this age of um, pandemic of COVID-19, we've all learned how to do a lot of things differently, like um, Zoom or Microsoft team meetings because it's just probably a correct way to do things to do social distancing in the event that, you know, anybody around you may be in uh, contact traced or something. So we've all adapted to the technology. And I like that you did your hiring practice probably with questions that were geared around technology. Absolutely. There were questions specifically embedded related to that. That's very cool. I have learned many things about Google Team or Google Meet mm-hmm. with um, us being remote at some point. Um, and then there's lots of little steps on how you can use Google Meets to its greatest ability. And so, so we've learned lots of new things about yeah, all my, the Google Suite. My wife was over, and my granddaughter's 11. She's a, with her in middle school, and she's going to be staying the night during the week. And she's remote learning right now. And and she goes, "Do you know how to?" hook her up and get her gun? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I think she should probably know. And my wife's like panicking. Do you know how to do this? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and what about hooking to our Wi-Fi? Oh, yeah, Papa showed me how to do all that. I mean, I tell her one time she knows how to do everything now. She hooks her phone, her tablet, her work, her, her school computer, et cetera, to the technology like that. I'm like, that's impressive at 11 years old. 11 years old, I was out running the neighborhoods. My mom was trying to figure out where I was at before dinner, you know? So it's a little bit different nowadays. I like the technology part of it. I like that um, you have somebody in in the role of a technology coach, like Miss Mensinger is. And tell me just a little bit in your role, what you do as a lead mentor. So as a lead mentor, anybody, um, all schools in the county have one. Okay. And anybody who had, who is new to the county, who is new to our school or has been teaching for less than three years as part of our mentor program. And so we meet regularly as a mentor group and we, they have me as a lead mentor. And then they also have another teacher on staff as their mentor. And so it's just somebody that's not in their, their realm of thought. Like it's not somebody that's their department partner or their grade level partner, but it's somebody else in the building that they can talk to and, help them figure out all the things to make them successful in our county and at our school. Interestingly enough, that sounds like a lot like when I came in to work down here at General Motors, which was then Saturn Corporation, and you came from another area. I came from out of state and moved here and took the job at Saturn, and the team there assigned a mentor to anybody that was new, and that just didn't happen in the building. They said, hey, come out of my house tonight. I want to take and show you around the city and all kinds of stuff. It's very cool to have a mentor in a corporate organization like that, you know, working for a big company. And I thought, Mm -hmm. wow, that is so cool. I love the fact that we have a mentor at every school. And I think you were probably really good at it. Thank you. Well, that's it for this first um, segment of the Big Yellow School Bus. We're here with the Battle Creek Middle School. We'll be back in a moment.
Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus. Thanks for joining us today. We're with Battle Creek Middle School. We're with Dr. Will Pennard, Principal, Mr. Mike Kennard, the Assistant Principal, and Ms. Jesse Mensinger, the Librarian, Technology Coach, and Lead Mentor. Dr. Penner, as a Communications Director for Murray County Public Schools, I admit to being a bit biased about communications <laughs> and its importance. But I hear great things about the way your school stays in communication with students, parents, and other stakeholders. What are the strategies that you guys use to do that? Mm, that's a great question. We've, I, I mean, there are a number of different stakeholders that we want to stay in communication with. First of all, the families. Um, you know, our, our family units need to know what's going on at the school. And so, you know, we have some – a lot of our schools have standard weekly updates via, like, email and phone and maybe even text message. We do that. So we do that. We do it in both Spanish and English. Um, we, but one of the things that we're really intentional about is we always communicate the why along with the what, because it's really important to us that, that families know not just what decisions we're making, but why we're making those decisions and what the values are that are driving those decisions. By way of example, uh, the, the, the core values that we hold dear at Battle Creek Middle School is that we, we believe in the social, emotional, and character growth of kids being absolutely fundamental, paramount importance for us. And that athletic, uh, academic, and artistic excellence are the result of those endeavors. Now, that that's, sounds great and all that, but, but if you really dig down into that, um, there would be some of my colleagues who would disagree with that. Um, I mean, frankly, we're, we're sort of driven by this desire to get these high test scores, right? But that's not what we believe is the most fundamentally important piece, that we believe that their social development, their ethical development, their character growth, their emotional growth, that those are the things that are the most important, and that the, the ac- athletic and ac- academic stuff are going to come as a result of us attending to those other things. So as, as we communicate to families, we try to remind them of why we're making the decisions that we're making, because it also helps them call us into account on, you know, you say that you are, you know, about the social emotional growth, but then like my kids got way too much homework and they're crying at night and what's going on with that. And so we're able to have conversations and, and, and kind of hold us in check to, to demonstrate that we are actually doing the things that we, that we believe are the most important. So that's with families, with staff. We are, we also have weekly email updates at the end of every week. Uh, we have collaborative meetings during the day with teachers who instruct the same grade level of students, um, with written notes and a shared document. So every single week, kid, the, the teachers who are involved with a particular kid are meeting every single week together to collaborate on how best to meet the needs of those students. And then because we can't collaborate necessarily cross-curricularly that way uh, or, or with the same department folks, uh, then they meet together after school every single week with also kind of written notes and stuff. Um, we meet in mass. We meet in small groups with different arrangements. But the, I think the most, the most fun is how we communicate with our students. You know, the typical sort of, if, if you were as old as I am and, and you remember the, the original movie Grease, you know, there was the, 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 uh, don't get me started. <laughs> you know, she had the little xylophone to ding, 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 ding. And she would get on the intercom and she, and it was the principal who would do the, the announcements. Well, I rarely do announcements. Mr. Kennard rarely does announcements. The people who do the announcements at our school are the kids. Um, and cool. because we are, we are a technology rich school, it's rarely just audio and now, I love this particular format. I love the fact that we're here on the radio, but um, most of our kids are drawn to audio visual in, in conjunction with True. one another, right? Video so, is huge. So we have, we have kids doing their video based announcements every single morning. Um, and even when we're remote. In fact, Ms. Mensinger, as our technology coach, is also the one who coordinates our, our, our tech team or our broadcasting team. And we have, we have a, a core group of kids who regularly do stuff as well as guests uh, who come onto that show and, and who produce that every single day. That is awesome. I know that there are so many video apps out there nowadays. Um, my granddaughter is a TikTok star <laughs> in my eyes, of course. We right. restrict her account very much so and, and who can see it and who can she can interact with. But she started doing this, I don't know, a year or so ago. 
and she has the light systems and the tripods and the remote controls for her phone and everything. And she can just about do anything on a video nowadays at 11 years old. It's amazing how technologically literate kids are. They are. And when we give them the space to be creative, they come up with stuff that's better than anything that we could produce. And kids watch other kids, right? right? And so they're going to be paying attention to those things. And so we have kids who, you know, if, if you're sick one day, you still want to know what's going on at school. You can just log into the log YouTube in. channel yeah. and, and check out and see what's going on. I think that's really cool. Even in the elementary schools I've visited, um, we do a thing for our board meetings where we go and tape an elementary school doing their um, Pledge of Allegiance. Right. And every school I've been to so far they actually see a live broadcast or sometimes it's pre-recorded on a screen to do the pledge of allegiance. Mm -hmm. And it was so cute. The last one we did, we asked him to face the camera and one little boy right in the middle of the room was like, uh, uh, the flags behind me. (laughs) (laughs) It was so cute. He turned, he said the entire pledge at the flag. Then he turned back around and he went, like that. And I'm like, no, that kid, I like that. He's going to be one of those kids that's going to be very good. Because he's the only one in the room that was like, I don't know why you guys are looking at the flags this way. <laughs> I didn't, but we had a flag on the TV. Right. But he had to look at the flag. I thought it was so cute. I love the fact that you guys use the students to help make your daily announcements. Absolutely. But I did like that part of Greece. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Kennard. Uh, you've worked as a teacher, coach, administrator in, in different schools, right? Yes, sir. We didn't really talk a little bit about you. Maybe we'll give you guys each a chance to tell a little bit about yourself. What do you see as the biggest strengths in the overall culture you all have built at Battle Creek Middle School? Well, from the very first day of opening those doors, uh, we had the goal of it, maintaining, starting and maintaining a very inviting atmosphere. I have and, to agree with that. Yeah, and Dr. Penner has been very strong in leading that for us. Uh, we... Started the very first day last year with people on the bus ramp and people on the car rider ramps and welcoming the kids as they got off the buses and as they came into the building. And that's not just something that we did the first day or first couple of days or first week, but that's something that we've been doing ever since the first day we opened those doors. We rotate the teachers who are greeting those kids as they come into the building every day. It's been quite a bit different this year, but uh, because we now have to take temperatures every day, so we're taking the temperatures but it the thing that was not a change for the kids was that they had a face-to-face greeting from an adult every morning every morning welcoming them into i have to the say building. one of your colleagues I, I happen to know and i did some work with recently for a, a television show marissa massey when i was out at her school which is marvin wright mm-hmm. she uh, we were i was out there early in the morning we we're getting ready to do a videotaping for cbs sunday morning and she was like I hate to cut you off right now, but the kids are coming on the buses. and yes. That's my favorite part of my day. Yes. And so she was like, I don't care what y'all are doing, getting ready for TV show or whatever. I'm going up to greet the kids. That's right. Nothing's more important. Yes. And I get that. Yes. And I've seen it live where it becomes part of that. I was out at Woodard. I've been at many schools in the morning. And it's like this, okay, don't get in my way because kids are coming. Right. <laughs> and I've got to greet these kids. and. And Mr. Robert Bush over at Brown Elementary, it's just such an important part of the day for the children and for the adult. Yes, and it leads into the beginning of the day with a, you know, an emphasis on our social emotional learning yes. and the growth of those students as individuals and not just as learners. Yes, I agree. So you also have a heavy emphasis on correction. Well, we do. But Tell our me about correction that. is not uh, punitive. Our correction is more educational. Good. Uh, when students are in trouble, we spend significantly more time talking about and discussing choices that could have been made, things that could have been done differently, how uh, this could have even been prevented than we do on, okay, here's what you're going to have to do as a result of this. So we are a whole lot more encouraging and striving to be uplifting to them, even though they've just made a mistake. So what you, and in my notes here, is, is what you call it is a lower discipline level. Yes, we have fewer discipline situations, I think, because of all of those things coming together and the attitude of our students as they come into that building. They feel welcome in the building, and they feel like it's a place that they have and that they want to be, and it's their place, and we're just there to help them. Excellent. Um, that's always a plus if you have less 
things that you have to discipline. Mm-hmm. Just concentrate on the collaboration and stuff. Let's go back to collaboration a little bit. Um, Ms. Mensinger, we talked a little bit about collaboration, and we hear a lot about it in education these days. And Dr. Penner and I touched on it at the very beginning when I brought up the pods. Would you tell me what B- Battle Creek Middle School embodies this idea and what you guys do? Um, our school and our faculty are we are built around collaboration. We thrive with collaboration between our students as well as our teachers collaborate together very well, very well on lessons as well as projects and just things to help our school run better. Um, we we are just all a collaborative nature. But the physical layout of the school that you guys talked about earlier, the walls themselves open up, and the middle of the of the floor just becomes part of the classroom, and it's very it's a very natural flow. Um, there's a lot of times that one teacher will take students from another class and they will teach a lesson to half of their class and half of a different class, while the other teacher has students spread out in the pod in her own classroom doing another activity. Um, and that's just kind of the way it works there. We we work together as teachers and our students work together. Um, it's just, it's our DNA and how we do things. It's the same way we chose the teachers who are naturally predisposed to work with technology and we chose those who believe that working together towards the common goal is the best way to get that goal. Collaboration is about communication. That's right. So the more you can communicate within your teams, within your, your school faculty and your, your students, the more successful you're going to be. Yes. That's right. Um, I'm a firm believer in that. I think it's also really important to know, to know your own strengths and weaknesses. And, and we talk a lot about that as well as a faculty. Um, I'm planning a certain project right now, and I know that there's a person on our staff who really loves to plan parties and cool things like there's that. There's always one. There is. <laughs> and, and, so, and so I gave her that part. She's going to help with that part because that is her strength, and that is not a strength of mine. And so I think it's really important that you know the people you work with and you know the things that they do well, and you also know how you can help them with their strengths. Excellent. Collaboration about that's right hey, dr that's right. penner let's shift gears again here let's talk a little about how people in group work are, are involved <laughs> okay um i hear horror stories about feeling like they've been part of a group but they had to carry someone else's weight sure and and i think i've been probably more the doer than the slide under the table let everybody else take care of it and just float along so tell us a little bit how that interacts at Battle Creek Middle. Sure, I'd love to. You know, it's funny because anytime somebody uses the term group work, uh, there will be uh, this just, you can see physically people kind of tense up around it. And it's mostly because... Because well, somebody's going to want me to do all the work while exactly everybody right. else at the table just goes, oh, Jack's got this, we're good. Yeah, and so, because we've all had experiences right. where we feel like we've we've done too much or we haven't gotten the recognition that we, we should have or that... You know, we did get the recognition that we should, but then so did the three or four people who kind of rode along on our coattails, and it doesn't, it just doesn't feel fair, right? Right. So, and, and at the end of the day, there's, there is, I'm not going to say that we can get rid of that element, because anytime you work with people, it's, it's, a, it's a messy business, right? Like, you're going to have some of those kinds of elements. But here's the thing. American education over the past, like, 50, 60 years has done a pretty good job of, of, creating really smart people. And that's what government and businesses and, um, and, and the military and higher education have told us. Hey, you guys are doing a great job of creating really smart kids. Um, but you know what? They don't really know how to work with each other. That's right. They don't necessarily know how to think outside the box or think creatively. Like they can follow a, a list of stuff really well. You've taught them really well how to, how to, to, you know, to, to work independently and, and choose the right answer. Um, but we don't have necessarily a right answer. We have some problems that need to be solved. Create, you know, th- this is what we, we need. And so what we're, what we're finding is um, that the way we've tried to streamline education and, and, and put people in rows and, and do this kind of stuff and try to be efficient, it isn't necessarily teaching people how to learn in their most natural States, And so instead of posing authentic problems with students and allowing for multiple opportunities for, for creative endeavor and for them to learn how to work together and to work through those difficulties, like, frankly, it's, it's, it's really important for students to, to be able to have those, uh, the, those interactions and, and to struggle through, well, what do I do when I have a colleague 
who is not pulling his or her weight. How do I, how do, I do that? Do I just immediately go tattle to the teacher? Well, yeah, you can do that. And you can do that as a, as a you know, you can go tell your boss if, you're, if your workmate isn't doing the same thing. But, um, you know, much um, more creative ways to, to handle those solutions Absolutely. are available as yeah. well, right? And so part of, our, part of what's in our DNA is we, we want to teach kids how to learn how to work together and that, that through those, that social development that they have, um, they, they learn that, wow, you know, yeah, I might have been able to do that a little faster on my own but I wouldn't have had that particular outcome because right. I would have only been able to think of it like this. And so to be able to learn to navigate not only their own strengths and know themselves well, but like Ms. Minsinger said, to be able to recognize the strengths of other people and how, and to see how those strengths can come into play. Like even preparing for this, the first thing I did was sit down with my assistant principal and say, okay, Hey, what, what kinds of things would we like to talk about on the radio? Uh, who else should we uh, should we have be a part of this? And we once we we asked Miss Mensinger, then we the three of us sat down and said, okay, what are the things that we want to make sure that we cover? And and we came up with ideas that we wouldn't have come up with if it had just been me sitting down at a absolutely. Computer, right? You know, I've experienced that myself. I was in Leadership Murray twenty twenty class of Leadership Murray, and I got kind of tapped on the shoulder to be a lead in a very large project. And I went into the project and that night and I sit down at home thinking who were the strength people in the room that we can we can I can lean on and bring together as little pods in the team and make this come together and happen and that's exactly what I did I went in the next day and said would you do this would you do this would you do this so all of a sudden I wasn't doing everything right I was kind of overseeing it and being reported back to but I I've created a very large team environment so the project was very successful and here's what's really cool is a lot of a lot of kids don't naturally learn how to do that. And so by but but in this kind of an environment where we do lots and lots yes. of collaborative stuff, we have fifth, sixth, seventh graders who are learning how to do that same skill even now. I witnessed that when you did the tours. The young man that took me on my tour, mm. I thought this kid's got to be older than this. He's got to be <laughs> 15, 17, 18 years old. He was so articulate, he was so smart, he was so together, he was he just really knew exactly what he needed to do yeah. to bring his tour guests together. And you know, what's interesting about that is like, there's been very little adult involvement in that group. Like, you know, we put it together yeah. and we took them on their first tour and then we said, okay, so what are the things that you thought would have been, oh. were the most interesting? <laughs> what are the things that you don't want to add to the tour anymore? That you're like, okay, nobody cares about any of that stuff anyway. What are the questions that you would have asked? And, and, and the tours have, have shifted over time. And the, this year was really fun that when this year's new crop of students kind of came up, it was our, our existing students who taught them how to do the tours. And then they also wow. listened to them <clears throat> And, and the tours have shifted as a result of even the new folks. And how old are the students at your school? We're talking about t like 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, yeah. We have a hard time as adults being able to grasp <laughs> some of those concepts. And Indeed. like you said, because our training maybe wasn't that way, I was lucky I had some opportunities to get that kind of training um, in early on in my uh, early days, high school, um, a little bit of prep school, college and stuff. But today they're doing it at – these levels, That's which right. is truly amazing. That's right. Um, I really like that. So we got a couple minutes left. I'd really like to touch a little bit on sports, Mr. Kennard. Tell me what is the current state of the sports program at Battle Creek Middle School? Well, I can't, tell you, can't begin to tell you how excited I am about our program, and two reasons for that. One is because of our coaches and their dedication to their teams. It's just amazing how dedicated they are. But it's so interesting because – you mentioned our hiring practices earlier, and the things that we're focused on were the ability to teach a subject and the ability to handle the technology. Mm -hmm. And sports was kind of something that we did after we had hired our people. So we have some coaches who are very experienced because they brought that experience with them. But we also said, here are the sports we want to have. Who's willing to coach them? And we have such a unique team at our school, and they all stepped up and started coaching those teams. And it's really been a pleasure to be athletic director with this group of coaches that we have. And we have all the major sports, you know, softball, baseball, girls and boys soccer, football. And then we have some, you know, volleyball. I, I may miss some. We have some unique sports that a lot of middle schools don't have. We have wrestling now. We have tennis, swimming, golf, track and field. 
We even have a cross-country uh, course laid out on our campus. Very cool. So it is, that was it my is favorite, really cool. Cross-country skiing. Well, you don't have that down here. <laughs> no, but but we could north, have today. North, yeah. <laughs> cross-country skiing. Yeah, this was recorded on Friday, the snow day, first snow day of 2021 at Murray County Public Schools. It will play this weekend. So that's why we happen to be mentioning snow today. So that is that for this segment. We will be back with Battle Creek Middle School after the break. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. We are here with Battle Creek Middle School's principal, Dr. Will Penner. Yes, sir. Also, assistant principal and athletic director, Mr. Mike Kennard. Yes, sir. And we have the librarian, technology coach, and lead mentor, Mrs. Jessie Mensinger. Yes. Jessie, we haven't done this yet, so tell us... Real quickly, a little bit about yourself and, you know, maybe something about your role at um, Battle Creek Middle School. Um, this is my 11th year teaching. I have two kids, and I, when Battle Creek Middle School first started being built, we would pass on the road, and my daughter and I would say, look, that's going to be Mommy's new school. <laughs> and from, from the time the first brick was laid, that was where I wanted to work. And then um, my assistant principal at the time got the job as the principal and I thought, well, that's also good oh, dear, <laughs> I guess I'm stuck with him for a while. And so I, um, so Dr. Penner and I worked together for a couple of years before we both came to Battle Creek. And, um, and it's been great. I'm so glad that I am close to home. I am at a school that I love and I get to do what I love and my kids will go through there. So it's wonderful. Excellent. And Mr. Kennard, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, sir. I've been in this uh, business for quite a few years now. I'm going more on, than more on, than eleven on my twenty eighth year this Excellent. year, Excellent. and I still love it and love being with the kids every day. I don't know what I'll do when I retire here in about ten fifteen years. I don't have any clue. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I am a Columbia guy. I went to Baker Elementary in Withorn Middle in Columbia Central. I have taught at uh, Columbia Central and Kalioka and also uh, Lewis County. Uh, spent most of my career as a high school English teacher and a football and baseball coach. So I'm really thrilled to be at Battle Creek Middle School. It's been such an opportunity for me. Excellent. And Dr. Penner. Thanks. Well, I, my biggest accomplishment to date is, is um, marrying my wife, Christine. Uh, she's my beloved bride. She is a, a pastor in the United Methodist Church. Um, Ooh, and behave yourself. And then, <laughs> so I do need to watch what I say. Uh, no, and then having five children uh, that age in range from 30 uh, down to 11. Uh, that's a good so range. That's a pretty good range, range, right? Um, I'm, our, our youngest one actually is a student at Battle Creek Middle School, and so I get to be a parent uh, in that community as well as being the principal, which is cool. really kind of cool. Um, I've been involved in, in working with young people for um, 25 years now, but I, I took a, a hiatus from being in the public school realm and was involved in church youth ministry for about 15 years. Uh, and then about 12 years ago, came back into, into, um, public education. Uh, but the, and so there's, there's a lot of that kind of youth pastor vibes still sort of alive and well in me in terms of how I do school as well. That's impressive. And five kids is impressive. Um, I, I, <laughs> Much more impressive for my wife. I'm just I had I had two, and, and I thought that was a handful. So Agreed. yeah, it is more impressive for the wife. And in the studio today, we've had a guest sitting in with us today, and I'd like to introduce her and give her a chance to say hello. Her name is Miss Ginger Morrow. She is an alumni from Columbia Central High School. She is currently a freshman at the University of Alabama, and. In her last year of high school, she was the recipient of the National Merit Scholarship. Welcome, Ginger. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. I'm glad to be here with y'all. I've been interning here since a little bit before Christmas. I've been having such a good time. And I'm a double major in political science and public relations and a double minor in history and liberal arts. But I think I just might abandon all that and study big yellow school bus studies after there this. There you go. <laughs> this That's is very pleasant. I could do this every day. 
<laughs> well, welcome, and, and thank you for sitting in today and, and, and giving it grading us on how well we're doing and everything and being wanting to be a part of the Big Yellow School Bus when you leave uh, with your master's or doctorate from Al- the University of Alabama. So let's get back to talking about um, uh, Battle Creek Middle School. Excuse me, Battle Creek Middle School. Miss <clears throat> Menzinger. Mensinger. Yes, sir. There was one thing I'm hearing about Battle Creek Middle School that I'd like to ask about, and that is your one school, one book initiative. Can you tell me and the listening audience a little bit about that? Sure. You heard uh, Mr. Kennard's passion when he talked about sports earlier. Um, and so this is by far um, one of the most exciting things I've ever gotten to do. And so it started out as an idea that we wanted to bring um, diversity into our school. And we wanted to bring in the real-time current events of poverty, divorce, bullying, academic challenges, racial tensions, immigration issues, political divides at the national and global level. All of these things, we wanted to be able to discuss them with our students in a way that um, that we could have real conversations about the real issues, but do it with fictitious characters. And they don't have to worry about the academic aspect. And so as a school, every student in the building is reading the book called Harbor Me by Jacqueline Woodson and um, in an ACT class, which is our homeroom. And they read the book and they talk about text-based discussion questions at the end of each chapter. And um, the book is just a quick synopsis of what it is about. It's five students who learn differently and they are put into a room where they can just sit and talk for a little bit of time each Friday. And the students in the book, the students that are in the room have all different backgrounds and all different problems. And they are just coming of age, real time, talking about um, one student is from Puerto Rico, um, one student is from the Dominican Republic, um, there's a couple African-American students, there is a biracial student, and then there's a white boy. And they are talking about all the things that happen in school and at home, and we are able to talk about those same things with our students on campus. And it has been Awesome. It sounds like my next door neighbors in my community because we're from everywhere. Where exactly. I live. And, and that's the point. We all share a great passion for our neighborhood and like neighborhood watch and stuff like that. We have neighborhood meetings in our neighborhood and it's an older neighborhood in Columbia. So I like that, that you have that diversity and that ability to be able to do all this discussion levels. And so harbor me, tell me something about that. So one of the main themes of the book is um, just that it is, it's looking at life from several different perspectives okay. and it doesn't matter which perspective you're looking at that we still love and care for our neighbors. And so the whole goal is that our students become a safe Harbor for each other. Good idea. And, um, and so this book, we are about four chapters from finishing. Cool. And so when we finish, we're going to have a quick celebration of finishing our novel and we're going to do a little bit of project of how the students can um, walk a day in the shoes of one of the characters in the book. Excellent. And one last thing about that, uh, Long Walk to Water. So Long Walk to Water is a book that we are going to start after Harbor Me, okay. and it will take us to spring break. It's based on a true story, and um, it takes place in South Sudan, and it's a story about one of the lost boys that came to America from South Sudan. Cool. After he came to America, he went back to Sudan and began building water wells for people in the tribes. And so we are super excited to start that. One of the main themes of that book is perseverance and how this boy was able to continue to persevere after all of the hardships and trauma that he endured in his life to come back and do something wonderful. Sounds like I should be movie. reading the books you guys are producing. I'm for this you. I brought <laughs> copies. They sound very cool. Um, let me do ask one question about this. Um, in one school, one book is a great theme. Um, now, you don't discuss current affairs in the class necessarily. What if a student comes in and says, I watched the news last night? Mm. What was all that about on the news? And I'm not going to call it anything specific, but do you discuss current affairs? Um, I think that it depends on the class and the teacher and how comfortable they are okay. and how comfortable that classroom culture is. But that is part of the goal is to bring these issues to light and be able to have real conversations about them instead of having secretive conversations between students I gotcha. that they could be facilitated so it could happen in a and, good and way. It, well, it could be beneficial because the teacher might be able to shed some light and, and 
guidance. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's interesting because this is one of those kinds of sensitive sorts of areas where a lot of parents get a little nervous. Like, okay, so if you're going to be talking about that stuff, what is the slant you're going to be putting on it? Or right. who's writing the curriculum or on it and that kind of stuff. And so one of the things that we are trying to create in our, this, the ACT classes, which really is about a char- character development. The, it's, it's the first class we have every single day. You know, historically there might be like a homeroom time in places where mm-hmm. there's like 10 minutes and they're, you know, taking up fundraising money and they're taking role and that kind of stuff. But otherwise kids are on their phones or whatever. That, that is not what this time is about. This time is a sacred time for us. We spend the first 35 minutes of every single school day dealing with character, character development issues. Right. So we have it, we have a curriculum that we, that we push through called character strong. And then we take a novel like this and, and read through that novel just to talk about what is it that that's, this is stirring up. And here's why this is really important at the middle school level in particular. High school students are a little more uh, just by nature uh, interested in like what's going on in current events and they can talk in the abstract. Right. A lot of in, in the middle school realm that, that, sort of push from concrete thinking to abstract thinking is still, you're kind of right in I the middle that of in that. my granddaughter. That's right. Yeah. And so, and so what this kind of thing does is it gives them a very concrete example of something, but it's because it's either a fictitious character or in this case, uh, uh in this second book, a, a, a story based on a true story, but it's a, it's a kind of a literary, um, display of that, then they can talk about these characters and, and have conversations that go in, start to delve into the abstract so that if something does come up that's a current event, they've already got something to hinge that on. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of what that's all about. Excellent program. And I think I might talk to you about those books right there you got over there on the <laughs> you desk. You can take them home, read them with your granddaughter. There um, you go. We have only a couple minutes left, so I'm going to give you a real quick opportunity yes, to give a shout-out. Oh. All right, Dr. Penner, Great. go. Oh, I'd love to give a shout-out. Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to our food service staff. In particular, our, our director, Selena Luera, and assistant director, Chris Stanley, but all of our staff who work so hard to put nutritious meals out there for our kids, and they do it even when we're remote. The meals at Murray County Public Schools cafeterias are actually fairly good. You. Yes. I would like to shout-out to our... Uh, Office staff, our clerks, our bookkeeper, Ms. Carla Jankowski, Ms. Stennis, our uh, attendance clerk, and all of those people who work so hard for us every day. I mean, at Battle Creek Middle School, they even attend our faculty meetings sometimes. Nice, it's right. amazing how much they are a part of our school. Yes. Ms. Mensinger. My shout-out is for our core teachers, our math, social studies, science, and ELA teachers that have worked tirelessly every single day, but even more so while we are remote. They're amazing. I have to echo that, and I'm going to shout out to everyone that works at Battle Creek Middle School and every teacher, administrator at Mary County Public Schools. You're stepping it up, you're doing what needs to be done, and you're making a difference every day. Amen to that. Yes. Did you have a quick shout out you'd like to give us? Well, I just echo what you just said. Go teachers. Woo! There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Ginger. Well, I believe that's it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. We have been here with Battle Creek Middle School's Dr. Will Penner, Mr. Mike Kennard, and Miss Jesse Mensinger. Thank you all for coming in and sharing things going on at Battle Creek Middle School. I'm sure this will be a popular show for everyone in your community to listen to and over and over again. Thanks for having us, Mr. <laughs> Thank Cobb. You. Thank Go you Bears! So much. Thank you very much. That's it for this edition of the Big Yellow School Bus. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., Sundays at 7 p.m., and Mondays at 4 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM, 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.